Gentlemen, before you're seated, wouldn't it be great that we could stand before the Lord for one full day, maybe sit, maybe lay prostrate before the Lord, just one full day, no cares, no nothing, no kids crying, no wife yelling, well, or talking to you nice, we'll say that. <laughs> Nobody at work getting on your case because you didn't give them the right insurance or you won't pay for this or pay for that. Nobody bugging you because you didn't do the job correct. We could just stand before the Lord and just say, God, for one day, I'm surrendering everything that I have. Don't worry, that's not going to be the day. You're not going to be like, you know, well, but couldn't it, wouldn't it be? Can you do me a favor? We're men, right? We're men, and we're, we don't have a problem like taking another man by the hand or putting a hand on his shoulder. Before we start today, I just want to pray this blessing over us today. If you would just take somebody around your table. Your table should be that as brothers in Christ. It should be your great friends, maybe small group that you meet with weekly. Father, God, shoulder to shoulder, side by side. I remember as a young man, promise keepers, Lord, and how we used to meet in stadiums and we used to meet in arenas and we would talk even multi-denominationally. We would say that we are men for the kingdom. Father, I remember as a young man standing there thinking, that's what I want to be a part of. Kingdom men. Kingdom, not my kingdom, not anybody else, but thy kingdom. And Father, today I'm asking you, I'm asking you shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, arm in arm, God, would you make us kingdom men? We stand before you this morning and these few minutes we give you each Tuesday morning of reload just to reload our spirit to say, I can be the person that's so contagious that no matter where I step, Joshua chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 11 says, you will put the terror and the fear of me in the whole land. Father, put that strength in us, bind us as one, that we are kingdom men. That even though we fall short, God, we're your, we're your men. We're your army. So grace us with your presence today. Grace us with your peace all day. Grace us so that when we go home, our wives can say there's a different countenance on your face. And we pray that in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Let's give it up for that worship team, man. Sometimes. I tell young people all the time, that's a nice courtesy clap. Well, it's good to be with you this morning at Reload. I, I want to pause for a second because I want to, I want to give thanks for this church. I, I know that we don't have to always give thanks for a place, but I just thank God for the house. And what I'm really thankful for is a pastor that preaches without compromise. I know you were here Sunday morning. I was blown away. I couldn't find a seat. My poor little mother-in-law, I had to let her off the door after the park out in Guatemala. And um, I finally get here, the little cart passes me up. I'm thinking, I'm not that young. It's got the little sidewalls on it for like the rain. It was spitting. By the time I got here, I had three showers. It was pretty cool. But I was trying to find a seat in the first service, and I couldn't find a seat. And I'm looking for uh, Mike Coley. I'm looking around. I'm like, where's he at? Because I know if he's tall enough, I can see him. I know there's got to be somebody beside him or maybe an empty seat. But I couldn't even see Mike. And and I'm looking around, I'm trying to fight through, and then I sat there, and we got these little glow sticks. How many got a little glow stick, you know? Mine was still lit up all day long. That was pretty cool. Even when I got up early in the morning, the next day it was still lit up in the kitchen. I was like, what is that? That was the Holy Spirit. I was like, God. But to have Pastor Dwayne 
eloquently preached the blood of Jesus in the mercy seat about the spotless, perfect lamb. You know, it's amazing. Can you picture those days in the Old Testament when you go and you stand there because you want your sins clean? You want everything slate clean? The priest goes in and they're pulling him out. I'm just saying, something happened. And they're pulling him out and they're like, oh, snap. Like, we gotta wait another year? And then Jesus comes. And the perfect blood that was shed for you. And I, I sat there and I thought, Pastor Dwight, I wanted to stand up. I saw Pastor Eric go by me three or four times. He's doing, making sure people are seated and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, you just put him on a, one of those things like at, at an airport. You know, get one of those. We need walkways. Yeah. We need those little fast things. Just stand on, let them go. Because this place is like an airport hangar anyways. I, so, but I sat there. I, I just thought, I wanted to stand up and I wanted to say, Pastor Dwight, you go. Because there's nobody that can walk out of there and not understand the blood of Jesus. We don't have to be perfect, gentlemen. But you know what we got to be? We got to be contagious. Are we contagious? Are we contagious enough? Now, I know you're looking at me like, I ain't got nothing. I've already been through that. My wife's a nurse. I told her, what she, she said, what's the name of your, what's, what are you going to preach on? I said, being contagious. She said, you sure you want to do that? I said, baby, not like that. I'm talking about Jesus. I, I want to be so contagious of Jesus that when you walk into a place, people stop a second and say, can I ask you a question? I'm serious. I, I, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at in your faith today, but I'm telling you, men of God, kingdom purpose men, we need to be contagious. We need to be so contagious that there is no second guessing whether we're a son of the almighty God. It needs to happen. I know you say it. You don't understand my world. You don't understand my problems. Oh, come on. How many more problems could you have than the next guy? No, seriously, straight up. Like, you know what? You, you have people that in your family that are wayward, divorce, separation, cancer, sickness, autism, Alzheimer's. You got all kinds of stuff going on. You have death and illness, and we all have that. I got doctors that are sitting here. They know what I'm talking about. They see it every single day. We have ailments and we get sick and you're like, you have no idea what I've been through. Well, I'll tell you what, after the message on Sunday, I don't care what you've been through. I'm telling you straight up, we're never going to be good enough, but thank God for the mercy seat. Thank God for the precious lamb that was slain. The per Come on now, that's not a courtesy clap. That's a woo! Thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I just want to watch. I'm telling you, man, I told you guys about Cracker Barrel. I, I like Cracker Barrel. How many like Cracker Barrel? I go into Cracker Barrel now, they wait to seat me. I'm just telling you, when I come, they're like, Reverend, come over here. Because I've been in there where there's been miracles happening. I pray for people and stuff like that happens. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Some of you know that I've been traveling. I thank God for this church because now I'm ordained through the RLCI or the link. And I'm, this is my home. I'm representing as an evangelist on the field as I travel, Res Life Church. I'm telling you, people know us. Now, they might not just know us, us. They might know the big house. Like, you got the big building. But that's okay, because when I youth pastored at First Assembly, they knew First Assembly by the sports exchange. I tell people I'm a youth pastor at First Assembly. They're like, First Assembly, First Assembly, First Assembly. Wait, is that the, is that the church next to the sports exchange? Because how many people remember the sports exchange, the soccer world, especially my Latino friends, or the downtown inner city? I'm like, sports exchange. Oh, I know where you're at. If I told them first assembly, they're like, where's that? Because it's so far back in there. 
but to be contagious. But I want to share with you Matthew chapter 25. And I want, to, I want to get us in our spirit. We all know this scripture, but I want to read it again. We all know this scripture, and then I want to share with you some things in this couple minutes. Not yet, but I'll start looping some of the pictures of what I do and, and what God's doing. And I'm telling you, people say this all the time. This generation's dead. This generation's not getting it. This, gener- no, this culture doesn't understand the revival. I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to say this to you. It's... <laughs> Welcome to Grand Rapids, but I'm telling you, all over the nation, there are great pockets of revival. Our cities are getting it. Now, our cities are messed up. We got a guy running around right now we're trying to catch that face, face stalking stuff. Stupid Facebook. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm about to get rid of all my Facebook. I don't mind just going to Instagram. I'm telling you, it's become so stupid. People are on there like this, hi, good morning. I mean, their face is so big on there, you don't even know who it is. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever see Facebook Live? And then they wait until somebody hits them. How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe some of the, there's a thing called Facebook, okay? Small time media. And they put their face on this book and they walk around like this and they're staring at it for almost, come on, brother Eric, you know, they're staring like about a minute and all of a sudden they're like, oh, there you are, finally got there. It's like, finally got there, just say something. They finally say something after a minute. You're seeing this person that got a big eyeball there, and then we have some nut that kills somebody on the videos. It, it's gone viral, and we think our culture is like, oh my God, what did you think was going to happen? We live in sick days, crazy days, but I want to be more contagious than this culture. I want to be more contagious because of the promises that God gave me in this word. I want to be so contagious. Come on, Skip. You know what I'm talking about. You want to be so contagious that people just say, what is that smell on you? Now, I know I'm Italian, a full blood Italian. I got a lot of garlic coming out all the time, okay? Don't judge me. I have no problem with it in an all-Dutch world. I'm telling you, I eat garlic. I eat garlic. I remember I told you this before when I first came. They say, you're not Dutch. You're not much. I said, when I find out where you live, you're not going to be much. I'm just saying, it might be little man syndrome. It don't matter. I stand up to Mike. I come up to his hip. I'm hugging him anyways. I'm just telling you straight up that it has to come out of you. If it doesn't come out of you, then what are you living for? And because the Bible says things like this. It says, while the Son of Man comes in his glory, Matthew chapter 25, 31, and the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will gather before him, and he will separate the people from one another as the shepherd does the sheep and the goats. And he will put the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. And the king will say, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. We have an inheritance, man. Like, I'm telling you right now, I live in a nice house, but I cannot wait till I get the kingdom. Now, the bad thing is I probably won't be living with my wife. See, some of you got that. You're like, (laughs) I know why. Because she does more for God than I could ever do. And by the judge of her reward versus mine, I'm going to be like a couple houses down probably, and I'm not going to like it. It is going to say Pittsburgh on the whole side of the house, though. I'll just tell you that straight up. 
It says, because for what I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. We know this scripture. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did you see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger invited in? When did you see you needing clothes and clothe you? And he said, when you see sick people are in prison, and go and visit you. Wait, no, when do we see you sick in prison? Go visit you. And Jesus replied, truly I tell you this, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, this is God talking, okay? This is Jesus, and this is red, red edition version. When you see these brothers and sisters of mine, that's what the Bible says, you did it for me. So I'll go ahead and loop this, bro. I want to show you some pictures that, um, and, and as this loops, it's going to be kind of maybe hard to see. I don't know if we can shut some of these front lights down, but I do a lot of inner city. I, I, um, Pastor Tom is going to come at the end and talk to you about a, a golf outing that I have every year in June. And every, all the money's raised. This is a biker church. That's a biker church in Delaware. Check this one out, man. How many of you ride bikes like Harleys and stuff? Or you just ride maybe little Hondas. I don't know what you ride. But I'm just saying, maybe you got a little scooter on, on something. You know, it happens, okay? Well, these guys, they are getting saved. Like they're former, uh, maybe Hell's Angels or Pagans. Uh, in Delaware, one of the largest pagan biking uh, organizations in the entire country. Wilmington, Delaware is one of the worst cities in the nation. I'm just telling you, that's what they keep telling me. And I keep going back and preaching every year. And as I'm preaching open air inner city, they have clothing. Oh yeah, you wait to see this stuff. They have clothing. And uh, they, some people think I'm Photoshopped. You'll see a better one later. But they, they have clothing. They have food. They have all kinds of distribution going on. They have medical care. They have optometrists there. They have all these things for people in the city. And then I get a chance to preach open air. And as I'm preaching open air, man, I'm watching literally like pagan bikers. I thought it was a thunderstorm one day. And all these hundreds of pagan bikers come rolling into the city. They park their bikes. As they park their bikes, they come walk into the park. I get to the finished part of my preaching and I'm looking out and my heart is just weeping because I'm seeing hell coming towards us. I'm seeing people that don't look like the friendly people. Like they're not Easter looking people. Okay, they don't have their, they have the leathers on and the do-rags and tattoos everywhere and the girls, the biker girls are not dressed like they used to dress, they dress them like nothing. And they're walking at me, and as I'm preaching, as I'm preaching, they're weeping. And I'm thinking, oh, God, your presence is so powerful. And I'm watching guys take, and women take guns out and put them on the platform. I saw one guy walking towards me. He was walking like this, coming at me like that. And I thought, oh, God, can you heal him right now? So he walked straight. What it was was a, shot off, a sold-off shotgun. Pulls it out of his pants. I'm like, ah! He lays it on the stage. And at the end, when I give an altar call, they say things like, I want to exchange this for what you have. It's happening in inner cities. I'm going to Kensington. It's near Philadelphia, inner city. It's one of the other tougher cities. I'm telling you, they're getting crazy. There's a big Methodist church, or excuse me, a Baptist church right across the street, and they do open air in the parking lot. And right behind us as we're preaching was an old prison, all the wires up and everything, and you see all these prisoners, former people that used to go to prison, they're there on the street. 
And I'll be preaching. I'll have a guy come up to me and say, there's something different about you. You're crazy. Like, how do you preach like this? Like, I used to preach. I was a preacher in a former Baptist church. He said, but I cursed God because my wife died of cancer. My daughter died of cancer. My mother was killed in a car accident. My brother's been incarcerated for so long. My sister died. I have nothing left. And I said, wait a minute. You found yourself left on the street because you cursed God? He knew Job like no man knew the book of Job. He started quoting word for word, but he said this to me. It's like the devil said to God, I cannot submit to his authority. See, that's a scary day, gentlemen. And so I begin to preach and I watch people come and people transformed. And I was in Garden City last year in August. How many know where Garden City is? It butts against Dearborn. So we do an open air, 357 backpacks given out. Well, you take that every kid, you time two parents, there's a lot of people there. I was preaching, it was a tent, people waiting in line, all these little lines, and they're waiting underneath this tent. It was spitting raining that day. I brought a band in from Pennsylvania, they're going at it. I get up to preach, and I'm telling you, as God is my witness, people are all over the place. There's Muslims all over the place, women that are all the tunic wrapped up, and all the gentlemen are in the back, they're smoking cigarettes, clearing a corner where the children aren't because the children are in line. I remember beginning to preach, and it was like this rainy, rainy, overcast day on a Saturday. As I began to preach, you'll see some of the pictures will be up there pretty soon. You'll see a tent. You'll see a lot of people that are gathered together. And as I begin to preach, you see people starting to unwrap and pull their shawls down, their, 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 their uh, protective uh, garments, and they pull them down, and little children start to raise their hand. And you see the fathers putting out cigarettes, and they start walking to where their wives and children are. Now they're pushing in line to get in line because they want to hear what I have to say. And I only said it in 12 minutes. And that day we led 122 people to the Lord. Over 40 Muslims came to Jesus Christ that day because of contagious spirit that God gives us. It's not, it's not me, man. Let me tell you something. Sometimes I go to these places, I'm like, oh, Lord, you got to protect me. I, like I, sometimes people can't even see me. No, not that I'm like spiritual and all that stuff. You can see what I'm talking about. Like this is Remembrance Ranch with, with a great friend of mine that does it every year. He takes 12 or 14 kids from the inner city and he takes them out that are defunct or single parented. And they begin to like minister to these kids from the inner city. And it's called Remembrance Ranch. It's the old YMCA camp clear out by uh, Caledonia. But as I begin to preach, I get lost because I'm so short they keep telling me, get up on the platform. I'm like, I don't want to be on the platform. I'm too distant from people. I want to be able to reach out and I want to be able to touch somebody and talk to somebody. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this, that gentlemen, that every one of you has that in you. Do you also know you have Acts chapter five in you? I love this one because here's Peter. Let's go to Acts chapter five. I want to show you this, verse 12 through 16. This Acts chapter five, Peter, remember the Peter that came as a stinky fisherman? Here's the cool thing. How many people, Andrew was his brother, okay? Andrew heard about Jesus, but here's how unselfish Andrew was. Andrew heard about Jesus, knew about Jesus, and he goes to get his brother, and he grabs Peter and says, Simon, come on, let's go, man. I got to introduce you to this man named Jesus. Dude, it'll change your life, transform your life. In fact, dude, he's going to use you. Can you picture that? 
Like how many brothers know once they have like riches, they're not always going to. Like I got three sisters, man. They never tell me nothing. But Andrew goes to get his brother. Why? Because he knows that if Peter gets involved, it's going to happen. But he also knows Peter's like, he's whack. How many of you have like family that are just like, it's like, they're related? How many at Easter you thought your whole family got, you're like, are we really related? How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, three honest people. Our family, my brother-in-law sitting, he's former popo, so I can't say too much. Our family gets along really good. We don't have a problem with that. Well, there's a couple strangers we won't talk about. But here's Andrew coming to get Peter. And this is the same Peter that all of a sudden the Bible says that Peter is the one that, that also comes to a place and he denies Christ three times. He denies Christ, right? And all of a sudden, Christ reinstates Peter. And he said, Peter, you forget that I told you I changed your name from Simon. I changed it to Peter. Because upon you, I will build my church. And Peter, you're going to be contagious. You're no longer going to be a fisherman casting out nets, but you're going to be a fisherman of who I am. And the Bible says, here's how contagious Peter gets. Check this out. The apostles performed many signs, wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together at Solomon's uh, colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by, by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number and as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall upon them as they passed by. Crowds gathered together from all towns of Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those who were tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Why? Because of Peter's shadow. Gentlemen, we need to be so contagious, we're, we're shadow casters. We need to walk into a place and light it up. <laughs> we need to walk into a place and get so excited. And I know what you're saying. That's not my personality. Stop that. Stop that because when you have Jesus, come on somebody. When you have Jesus, I know it's early, but it's okay because it's the beginning of a day for us. And if we start our day so contagious that if we go to a gas station, we talk to somebody. We go to a restaurant, we talk to somebody. We go to our business partner and we talk to somebody. Man, I look for people that are defiant. I look for people that are radical. I look for people that are, there is no way Jesus can live. And you're seeing slides of them. These two young men right here, seven foot left, 6'11 on the right. Five foot six in the middle. Born again minion, I'm just telling you. This was last year. Last year I went to schools. I did 11 schools last year, city secular schools. God's allowed me the opportunity to motivational speak. I can't talk about Jesus, can't talk about Holy Spirit, can't talk about salvation, can't talk about grace, but I talk about the rescue. <laughs> I've had principals say to me, there is no way. I just listened. I watched your video. You're nuts. And to have you come to my school for 40 minutes and speak... These guys, they start crying. They start from my school and speak, but preach. You preach so much Jesus that these kids are going to be changed. I have kids in the hallways coming up to me and saying, hey, mister, I know this. I know you're a preacher. I know you're a preacher. Could you pray for me? My mother just got arrested for two bricks of heroin. 
two bricks of heroin. I'm never going to, it's her third offense. She's gone. I don't want to see her. You said today that we are not our parents. You said today, today that there are choices you can make that would, check this one out. There are choices you can make that will cancel out the DNA. But I can't say blood of Jesus. One of the greatest choices you can make to cancel out the DNA is to make better choices and choose the right person to be linked with. I've had principals say, I had just, Ringgold High School was about 948 students, 10, 11, and 12. Great. 948, I had the greatest time of my life in this auditorium. Had them cracking up, had them looking, had them laughing, had them crying. Just telling stories about Jesus, but not in the form that they think they're listening. I get done, the principal pulls me in, his name's Jason, pulls me in and says, you know, I'm an elder at a local church. We don't have a pastor right now, so every once th uh, third week of the month, I preach. But I want you to come. Would you come to our men's ministry, speak to our youth ministry? I want to bring you in, because I'm telling you what, this is contagious. He gets up at the end of the rally. I can't talk about Jesus. At the end of the assembly, the principal gets up and says, listen, I want to say to you students, let us not be just listeners of the word, but let us be doers of the word. And I'm like, hey, hey, what did you just do? You see what I'm saying? And these things happen. These things take place. And, and, but it's this, I want to be a shadow caster. Are we contagious, gentlemen? Are we contagious? Do we, are, are we inspiring? Like, do you walk into somebody's life and they're like, man, because of today, you've changed my life. Inspiration. And do we see the value in other people? Like, I value people. I look at people all the time, not assuming that everybody's well, not assuming everything's going right. And the other day I was in a restaurant, local 76th Street Diner, or they call it truck stop now. Well, it is a truck stop, I guess, but it's a diner now. I go in there and eat. All right, I, I go in it a lot, okay? And I'm sitting down, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my devotion. I have this new devotion outline to read the Bible through in the year, and I'm reading it, and I'm trying to get caught up, and I'm ready to go, and all of a sudden, I look spiritual, but I'm not as spiritual as I am. I'm just saying, I'm trying, and I'm reading, and then I go to my second Bible, which is ESPN. Just, I'm just saying, okay? Because I'm ADD, ADHD, and ESPN. I'm all of it, okay? And, and, and Fox Sports and all that. So anyways, I'm watching, seeing what's happening. And I hear behind me these two young ladies. They were cosmetologists. They were beautiful. Because I watched them walk in. They sat down. And I said, man, these girls have to be into hair. They have to be into hair. I'll make up. The hair's all over the place. One's shaved a little bit, you know. And it's like, da -da -da, like a cockatoo on crack. It's over here. And... Stuff happening, blue, pink, red, whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm hearing them. One of the girls starts crying. She says, I'm not understanding. <laughs> why are people treating me bad? Like, why do people not like me? And how come it's not happening? I'm trying everything, and there's just no mercy from anybody. I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. I feel like giving up on life. All of a sudden, I heard life, and I'm like, bing. My little ear pieces came out. I put them on the table. I stood up as though I had to go to the bathroom. And I turned and I said, ladies, let me say this. You don't know me. I don't know you. But I'm going to say one thing to you. I'm just going to say one word. Jesus. I'm hearing you. I can't help but hear you. I'm trying to read. But I can't help but hear you. You're two, two beautiful, bubblicious-looking people. You're gorgeous. You got a lot happening in life. But all I'm going to tell you is this. 
Jesus. I go back, fake like I'm washing my hands in the bathroom, come back out, sit down, finish my meal, I leave. The next day I come in, I told you, frequent, but not every day. My wife would be like, listen, doughboy, get out. How many of you know your wives are like, you've been eating out too much, like, stop, you know what I'm saying? Pot belly, got to go, pot belly. So I go back in the next day, and the, and the waitress says to me, Chuck will tell you, we know him really well, Chuck Bettinger. We know, he, well, Chuck goes in with me. And so I gave you up. Okay, so we go in, and the next day the girl says to me, you know, I don't know what you said yesterday, but you totally changed the countenance of the young ladies. Like they were asking, who are you and what do you do and how did you speak to, let me tell you something, contagious. Contagious. God has called us to the inner cities. Now, the, the other guys you saw, there were two sets of towers. You see them, two sets? Okay, the one that was the fresher, this guy, this was last year. You should see the size of this guy, weightlifter, this year. Oh man, he's got muscles coming out of his ear balls. And so, he's a senior in high school now, this kid. But he came up to me afterwards and said, I have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was in a school assembly. I was like, okay. He said, but I did this morning. I'm like, I didn't. Principal standing right there. I'm like, hey, Mrs. Waverly, I did not preach. She goes, oh, I know. It just comes out of you. And he says to me, can you tell me about how I can get sick? How does that stuff happen? And I know you're looking at me like, well, that's your job, and that's what you do. Job? It's not my job. It's my life, man. I run into guys with tattoos all over the place. Sometimes the church says you can't come in. You got gauges. You got all kinds of stuff happening. You got piercings all over the place, okay? You take your shirt off, it probably tells a roadmap of your entire life. There might even be death on there. It might be skulls on there. It might be your past on there. It's amazing because our churches shut people out because they look different. I've had pastors say, I don't want to bring them because they look different. I'm like, do you know what you look like? Like I'll leave a church. I'll leave a church after a follow-up. Look at that. I'll leave a church after I follow up on a Monday morning. I've been there three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I've been doing open-air preaching. Check this one out. Manhattan, New York. Open-air preaching. If anybody knows anything about New York, this is not a small place. I come out of where the Twin Towers were. Now it's ground zero. You come out through Chinatown. You go through Chinatown, there's Manhattan. Italian. And a bunch of Jewish people. Okay? That's the blend there. And so you're there, and I'm preaching to thousands of people, hundreds of people getting saved, and then on a Sunday morning, God sets me up and puts me in a Methodist church. Ow! 22 people. I get up and I preach, people looking like some of you was just, you know what I'm saying? Get the arms out. Some of your hands need to go up. They're looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, I know today you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I just say it. I know you're looking at me crazy because I am crazy, okay? I just got done in Manhattan, thousands of people. I am honored to be at this church, and I get done, and that preacher says to me, I don't know how you preach to 22 like you're preaching to 22,000. I said, because it's in me. It's in me. So the ministry allows me opportunity. There's only 22 people in the church, but what they do for people in the community is whack. It's crazy. I've never heard anything like this. They say, can we take you downstairs? We want to show you what we do. I'm like, okay, well, 22 people, what do you do? 
You playing shuffleboard? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? You catch a little, little balls going back and forth on the table. You do a little foosball. What do you do? Tap dancing for Jesus? I don't know. They said, we feed, and I want you to show what we do when we feed people. And I go downstairs, and it's like, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark when they finally get to, not, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, Treasure, the movie Treasure, whatever, uh, Hidden Treasure. And they go, and all the downstairs is all the riches and all the gold. There's, there's all kinds of clothing and food, and they, three, they feed 300 families, not people, families a week. And I'm breaking down. Now I'm weeping. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write you a check for $1,000 out of our nonprofit ministry and say, keep on doing it. My golf outing, every, every dime I raised, we raised $22,000 last year in the golf outing. We had 39 teams. Every dime goes towards the city. Every dime goes towards these tall giants. This year, seven foot two, seven foot, 18 years old, you guys. They're from all over the world. I'm going to finish with two things and I'm done. They're going to finish. They, they travel. They, they've been from all over the world. They're from Africa and Sudan. They're from like Guatemala, El Salvador, Dominion, the Republic. They're from all over. Their parents sent them to little Washington, PA. My home elementary school is now a little Christian school. And there's only 60. They can only house 60 a year. And they're, they're elite athletes with AAU, basketball, soccer, women's volleyball, women's softball. They just are phenomenal athletes. From all of, well, look at them. Hello. And they send them there. They help pay, but AAU pays also, and they find them host homes. So they're in a Christian school every single day hearing about Jesus. But at the end of the school tour last year and this year, they come to a rally on a Friday night where I can preach. And when I get done preaching, some of the, you'll see some of the arenas and some, that's in the gym last year at Wash High, a, a, a secular high school in their gymnasium on a Friday night. These twin towers, then there's the new ones. The guy on the right seven foot two. The guy on the left is seven foot and they're going to, the one on the left's going to Florida and the one on the right's going to Virginia to play basketball. They were highly recruited by it, uh, the, the colleges, full ride scholarships, guys that come out of Ethiopia, Africa, whatever. I'm just, look how tall they are. I couldn't even see the head of the wand because I was coming out of the bathroom in the door. I couldn't see his head. I'm like, mm, what is that? <laughs> and here I am. Look, I, seven foot door. I'm like this. I duck, I, duck, I duck under like, and I look up and he's like, why are you ducking? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but they come, they stood up. Tonight, God will change your life. Tonight, God, you'll submit your life to God. Tonight, God, and all of a sudden they stand up. And when those guys move, everybody moves. 99 salvations last year in one night. 88 this year in one night. Coming to Jesus Christ. Why? Because you're contagious. I'll share this last story and then I'm done. And uh, I just thank God for opportunity to be here, gentlemen. This is my home and this is my house. See, you have to claim it. Well, you don't own it. I know I don't own it, but this is my house. And that's my pastor. And these are my pastors. And I'm thankful to God I'm on, not on the hired team, but I'm on the team that be able to submit to them. I walk into uh, my, my best friend, Mike Zad and I, we get done after Canamac High School on a Friday night rally. I said, Mike, you hungry? He said, yeah, I'm hungry. I said, okay, good, because I'm hungry. My little 87-year-old mother was with us. I walk into this brand, I said, Mike, how about that brand new pizza place? I heard about this brand new pizza place. It's like at 9.30 at night. I'm like, pizza man, how many know like, at night you gotta take something, because at night it might, something might happen. It settles, and you might have what they call an Italian agita, but you call it heartburn. I get pizza. I walk into this pizza shop, and I go to order a pizza, and the guy says to me, hey, 
Hey, I know you. And I'm thinking, what? I said, I don't know you, sir. I said, I, I, this is my first time. I just heard about this place. It's about four doors down from my twin sister's house. I said, maybe you know my sister, but no, no, I know you. I said, wait a minute, how do you know me? He says, because you, you preached in church on Sunday morning, I was there. I said, you were there at Central? He says, yeah, that's my home church. He said, I was there. Let me tell you something, brother. He gives all these accolades. It's very nice to us. And we got this pizza about the size of that table. And uh, he said, it'll be a couple minutes. I said, can I get a fish sandwich and some French fries for my little mother? Oh, yeah. So we get it, and I get in the car. It's raining. It's pouring down raining. I said, here, Mom. My wife calls in from FaceTime. Not Facebook, FaceTime. I'm like, hey, babe, what's up? Mike's there. We're cracking up. My mother's in the back eating her little French fries and fish sandwich. My wife's dying laughing because we're just funny people. All of a sudden, I have a knock on the door window. I put the window down. The guy says, can you come inside, please, real quick? And I'm like, what happened, sir? I just need you. And I said, okay. And I put the window back up. And I'm like, babe, I love you. Keep laughing. Mom, keep eating. I'll be right back. I go in the restaurant. Come here a second. I just, I just want, don't, I'm not trying to violate you. I just want, come here. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just saying. I come in the restaurant. This is the guy. I'll give you a dime later. I'm just saying that. Will you pray for me? You got to pray. Grab both my hands, pulling me. I'm like, oh, snap. Listen, man, when you were in this restaurant, when you first walked in, you and your friend, Jesus is all over you. I'm back here making dough. I'm here buttering breadsticks. My owner is talking to you, and I have conviction all over me. Like I haven't been in church. I'm, I'm saved, but I'm backslidden. I've been drinking it, smoking it, toking it. I've been going crazy. I'm not living for God. And I know when you walked in the door, God said to me, this is your moment to rededicate your life and give your life back to Jesus. And that's it. Unbelievable. Mike, my buddy, Mike, my best friend, just tears. He's like, I've never had, I've never, I saw, I'm praying with him. I'm loving on him. I said, man, keep reading. Boss, keep him accountable. He, but he says things like, he starts praying. I didn't get a chance. He's like, God, forgive me. God, I'm wretched. God, I'm bad. God, I need healing. God, I need, but tonight, God, I rededicate my life because of the spirit that walked in this room. Peter, shadow, wasn't Peter, shadow. It was the spirit of God. That came out of him. Are we contagious? Are we inspiring? And do we see the value in others? Gentlemen, that's what we need to have. Because there will be people that are waiting in a restaurant just to grab you and say, pray for me. Because it's going to come out of you. Are we contagious? And are we walking Jesus? You know, I know. I served churches for 27, 28 years. Four churches. And now I've been on the road now for the last eight years. This is my eighth year. And I am in the right place at the right time that God's called me to the nation. And it's to the inner cities of America. And it's to the schools of America. And it's to this culture. Because we can affect it. Father God, I ask you today for your blessing in the name of Jesus. I ask you, I beg you, Father, today. I do, I do, I do. I ask you, God, in the mercy of who you are, would you just fire men up? We can do this. All we have to do is breathe this and live this and just walk in it. When the opportunity comes, God, there will be those that are dying for the truth, 
dying for the truth. Make us contagious, make us inspiring, and make us see the value in other people. Help us not to judge them and just look at them as dirty and filthy like we do. Lord, I look at the city, I see dirt, I see filth, I see anguish, I see, I see hurt and bitterness, but I also see Jesus. And you've called us for the least of these. Father, let us do your work in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.